Okay, today on Unleashedcast, we have a very special interview with an old friend of mine and co-worker, Joe Cook from Lightbulb Moment. We're going to be talking about some recent research she conducted with People Stars Jane Daly, herself an ex-employee of Towards Maturity, the uh, learning research organisation. So lots to dig into here. It's all based around the idea of hybrid learning, virtual learning. Unfortunately, for some organisations, not as far as they'd like, but there's still plenty of ways they can catch up and use online learning as the solutions to a lot of their people problems. So here's my conversation with Joe Cook. I do hope you enjoy. Right. Very special episode on Leashcast today. A uh, a reunion of powers, podcast powers. Uh, I'd like to welcome to Unleashcast my good friend and uh, previous podcast co-host, Joe Cook from Lightbulb Moment. Joe, how are you doing? Oh, so well. This is like the good old days. This is. It really is. It really is. Uh, it's really good to see you and speak to you again. Uh, it's been way, way, way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're here to talk about some really interesting recent research mm-hmm. of yours. Let me get this right. The title is Through the Lens of Research. Yep. Subtitle Amplifying Human Focus in Virtual and Hybrid Learning. That kind of that kind of gives us a good starting point for what we're going to talk about. We've got some questions, some planned, some not. I'm going to go immediately off piste and ask you about <laughs> the sample size. And okay. That, that kind of thing. Who did you talk yeah. to? Uh what industries were they in? Uh job roles, etc. So we had, I think it was 187 respondents in total, largely UK-based because Jane, who I did the research with, and I are both UK-based, as are our networks. There was some US respondents in there and the rest of the world, but it was largely UK-based. We had quite a lot of different organisation sizes from somebody who's freelance and independent right through to your 5,000 person plus organisation. Uh, We had a broad spread of uh, male-female, different ages, different senioritys. And when I first looked at that, I thought, huh, and well, now I can't actually take anything from the information to say, oh, this is good for charity sector, or this is good for big companies. But actually what that really kind of highlighted to me is that all industries and all types of organisations and all types of level of person in a company are struggling with this virtual and hybrid learning. And actually, we can apply stuff to all of these different places. So it doesn't matter if you're big, small, high up or low down, there's still stuff that we can do. That's interesting, Um, particularly the bit about the size of companies involved. Were you finding commonalities then? Is that what you're saying? You know, regardless of whether you're a two-person operation or 5,000 plus, our our core audience tends to be on the bigger side, Mm -hmm. but we know that a lot of people are interested in unleashed content is also on the smaller side too. So you you were finding a lot of things that that people were struggling with regardless of, of how big yeah. their companies were. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of people who are freelance or in a small company, uh, and myself included, actually, you know, they are working with the larger companies. So I might be a company of two, that's me and, and Michael at Lightbulb Moment, but actually we work with the the kind of household names that maybe your clients know. So therefore we're interacting with those and we're supporting those larger companies. What I found quite interesting, um, and, and this stuff isn't in the report. But when we were kind of slicing and dicing the data, so, you know, we'd have X percent of people think whatever, 
And I was like, well, is that only senior managers that think that? Or is that only people in small companies or large companies? And we had a whole load of, oh, poor Jane, I must have sent her something like 30 questions saying, well, does the data say this or that? Whilst there were some differences, like some of the bigger companies had a bit more of the tech stuff going on and stuff like that, which is kind of fairly obvious. What was really interesting is there nothing really stood out like this type of organization has this problem or senior managers know how to do X or don't know something. So I thought that was actually quite telling in itself and goes back to your point about these are universal challenges that we're dealing with. Yeah, I guess that can be read in two ways. So, you know, you don't kind of wish the problems on other people, but it's kind of gratifying to know that you're not the only one who's mm. kind of got these things going on. Um, so let's talk about the um, strapline of the report specifically, which is amplifying human focus in virtual and hybrid learning. Why is this so important? Obviously, e-learning has come to the fore even more so than before for very obvious reasons in the last two, three years. But um, from someone who's you know, deep in the mix of all this and got a lot of experience. Why is this important? Because when we focus on any kind of learning, obviously we need to be focusing on what is the end result for the organisation? What does the organisation need its people to be doing? And therefore we need to focus on that performance goal for the individuals or, or the team or whoever is involved. When we focus specifically on virtual and hybrid as well, what we can do is end up focusing too much on that technology element and not enough on, well, how do we actually interact with people for that end performance need? How do we make that teaching, that training, that facilitation of the experience to be able to apply that to work? the best it can be when it's remote. So whilst I am focused on live online learning, you know, that's my, my whole business. I've been doing it nearly 10 years. It's obviously not the right tool for every single training job. But when it is the right tool, we need to be able to focus on the people part of it and the learning experience part of it. And the technology enables that. And I think the problem is that we get often get it the other way around. So by having that human focus on it, it means we go back to the performance, to the learning, the experience, and obviously the learners. Good to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a refrain that we've heard numerous times. And oddly enough, as kind of tech adoption ramps up, it's even more important to understand that it isn't, that that isn't the end goal of it all isn't it? Mm. You know, it's the enabler. It's of, the bit that yeah. gets you there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's a quote from the report, um, which I'm going to parrot back to you now. Um, the lack of individual attention and the performance impact of people learning in larger groups is concerning. Add in the challenges of using technology to learn. Uh, you've got a recipe for increasing stress and anxiety. Even at this point, in early 2023, we've got a lot of companies still experiencing this. So what are your, what, what's your advice to kind of avoid this happening, if at all? Mm. And this stress and anxiety is for the people designing and facilitating live online learning or virtual events. And it's also for the people attending. So um, we've got a whole section in the report about how people's mental and physical health is impacted by virtual learning uh, and some of the things that you can do to kind of get over that. 
I think one of the biggest issues from an organization point of view or a senior manager perspective is understandably, they look at live online learning and think, oh, well, we've got a license for Zoom, Teams, Adobe Connect, whatever it is, that we can have 100 people attend this or 50 people attend. And they just think, oh, we'll we'll just put more people through on virtual learning. But the problem is that kind of level of stuff is really a webinar or that's kind of communications. To have that true impact on learning and performance and obviously what enables the organization to run really well, you need appropriately sized groups for learning, for attention. And this is where learning and development need to apply that really great modern learning theory and empirical learning theory, because having 50 people in a one hour webinar, yeah, you can do some stuff. Absolutely. But it's not going to be the same as having 10 people in a two hour virtual training session with loads of other blended learning and resources and options and support and coaching and all of that other really good stuff. So this goes back to uh, a really good learning culture in the first place and not just effectively bums on seats, quite frankly. So to build on this, I can't believe this still, but an alarming 67% of people said they weren't clear on best practice principles for virtual and hybrid learning. This is what's Mm. come out of your recent research. Mm. Um, Even at this point, even when more people are adopting it, I mean, I, I don't know what this tells us about um <laughs> whether people are listening to what's happened before um and and learning or whether they're adopting they're taking their their, their preconceptions and adding them to the mix in the wrong way or mm. whether there's a lot of bad there, there are bad actors out there who who are not mm-hmm. doing it very well this this stat that practitioners are not clear on best principles to the tune of two thirds of people you asked for, what does this tell you and, and what can we do about that? It tells me people are wanting to do a really good job. They're not necessarily sure on the absolute best practice way of doing this. And if you go back to you know 2020, um, virtual learning, everybody jumped on Zoom and Teams and all of that kind of thing. And that was an emergency response. Completely understand all the shortcomings, all the limitations. A lot of trainers and facilitators never wanted to be live online facilitators in the first place and were forced to. But you know we're in early 23 now. So what we need to be looking at is the performance in this area. So what I used to hear 2017, 18, 19 was our training can't work live online. Guess what? In 2020, suddenly they found a way to make it work. But what I'm sometimes hearing now is, well, we did it, but it wasn't very good. And largely the reason for that is people didn't have the skills to do it. They didn't have the time to design it appropriately for their platform, number of people, change their learning goals. What we saw a lot of people doing is saying, well, here's our one morning, one day, whatever it was, training course, strip out all of the activities because we don't know how to do it live online and end up presenting that information. We've even heard people kind of saying, well, at this point, normally there would be an activity and I'd get you to do X, Y, Z, uh, but we're not doing that. So I'll just tell you, this is the outcome. 
And it's like, that's not a learning experience. That's a lecture. That's, you know, some people might pick up some stuff that way, but you are not going to impact people's performance and their learning and their motivation and, and that kind of stuff by doing things that way. Obviously, not everybody is doing that. So it needs attention from organizations, it needs time, it needs training, there needs to be standards internally, uh, there needs to be coaching, just like any other skill development that's important to organizations, just like any other thing that needs to happen. It's like, well, we need to say what's good and what's not, and we need to be able to have time to develop that and have the support and the feedback for it. Yeah, agreed. So we we worked together for a while and you uh, kind of went off to um, focus on your own business around the end of mm-hmm. 2019. Um, yeah. Yeah, which proved, you know, very good, good, good foresight there, considering what happened to um, the rest of the yeah. world. Um, I'm glad it's going really well. Obviously, these um, methods of learning, training and engagement are here to stay with what could be a um a global recession various countries are in different various countries economies are in different kind of um states of progress in that respect um the skills question and the and the kind of talent retention question come has come in to a lot of companies um do you think this that looking forward it's going to be another busy year for hybrid learning because of mm. the ne- kind of the necessity to kind of look internally to um, give yourself the competitive edge and all that kind of thing with business. Absolutely. And one of the nice things with virtual, as is obvious from when we reacted to things in COVID, is it completely cuts out all of your uh, transportation stuff. You don't have to hire rooms. You don't have to move people by train, plane, automobile. You don't have to um, pay for overnight stays and lunches and all of those things. So in an economic downturn, then that's absolutely brilliant because you are saving all of that money. Also, what you're doing is saving time. Um, I once travelled seven hours to do a one-hour session and travelled seven hours back home again. That's basically two days of lost productivity. So you scale that up across your entire workforce, and that's a lot of productivity loss. So doing this right really um, is important for the bottom line. Yeah, there's a bit of investment, just like with anything else. But when you do it right, it will help with skills development. It will help with that retention. I think the other thing to think about When we think about the um, trend that has gone into hybrid working, remote working, uh, there's a lot of companies now who are looking at that flexibility and having people in the office or at home, not everyone, and it's not right for all industries. But where that's the case, the hybrid events are going to become much more popular and they are even more difficult than virtual events. So having the right people with the right skills is going to be really important to get that right for your organisation too. Absolutely. Well, Joe, it's been far too long, but it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Where can people go to find out more? Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me and uh, thank you to everybody for listening. If you want to download the report, it's completely free. You can just go to virtualresearchinsights.com. Also, there's a link to our survey for this year. So please get involved, whether you're a facilitator, designer, senior stakeholder or a learner yourself. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Lightbulb Joe. I'm Joe Cook on LinkedIn. And my own website is lightbulbmoment.info. I think I've covered the bases, John. You got it. Nailed it. Lovely. Okay. Um, Joe, great to see you as always. See you soon.
Thanks very much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Unleashcast today. If you made it this far, then there's a very special offer just for you. That's a discount on the entry price to our upcoming show, Unleash America, taking place at Caesars Forum on April 26th, 27th, 2023. When you get to checkout, type in the code POD10, that's POD10, and receive a 10% discount on the ticket price. There's amazing speakers at Unleash America this year. We've got Estee Lauder, we've got Coca-Cola, we've got McDonald's, Elliot Maisie speaking, Visa Card, a collection of some of the best thought leaders in the entire world, all coming together in one place, that's Caesars Forum for Unleash America this April. So... That code again, when you go to checkout, type in POD10 to receive 10% discount on the ticket price. Don't miss out. We'll see you in Vegas.